0: Hello and welcome back to Hero with a Thousand Potions, a gaming podcast where two game-likers in their thirties discuss the storytelling and gameplay of popular niche RPGs in a book club-like format. I'm Tyler. And I am Nate. As you all know, it's season two, Final Fantasy VII Remake and its parallel content in the original game released back in 1997. Today, we're going to try to wrap up chapter 16 as we're ascending the Shinra building, and maybe even get into Hojo's lab if we can. We'll see how far we get. Nate, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. I'm just living my life, doing my things. Tyler, uh, you became that guy recently, right?
0: Last episode, I said I'm probably going to wait and get the PlayStation 5 or not, get a PlayStation 5 and put the brakes on playing rebirth but i don't think i was very honest with myself because just a few days afterwards i started feeling fomo and i got a ps5 it was defective replaced it thank you aj from gamestop eau claire for giving me a no hassle switcheroonie and uh, i played the the well well, the first demo i know the second demo just came out today and i expect you'll talk about that momentarily and uh it's been good yeah, it's been, it's been fun. So <laughs> I do have a PS5 now. I uh, crumbled under pressure. Other news in Tyler's life, uh, I had a problem with my throat and it turned out I had a cyst that needed removing and that was really gross. And hey, and this is something you don't know, Nate. I went into my follow-up appointment the other day and they wanted to address this other thing that they saw in my CT scan that was in my nasal cavity and there's a growth in there. I'm going to have that removed in a few weeks.
1: Oh, shit. Does that mean anything for your quality of life
0: uh, i will probably not get cancer in 10 or 20 years
1: sweet that's amazing yeah I'm, I'm happy for you well what i meant when i said you're that guy is you are that guy that bought a an entire console just for one game aren't you <laughs> yeah a, a yeah. game that will likely be yeah. on, a, on a pc of some sort in the distant future not terribly um, near. I mean, it's a couple years. That would be at least two years of you spoiler dodging. If we're being honest, could you do it for two years or is it worth the 500 ish dollars?
0: You know, if I wasn't so emotionally invested in the franchise at this point, cause I've dedicated the last year of my fucking nerddom life to covering remake and original. I think I've demonstrated that. I guess it is important to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, I would rather be part of the zeitgeist moment that us millennials are having now that we're in our mid and late thirties <laughs> experiencing re-experiencing Final Fantasy seven all over again. And I thought I'd rather participate in this moment rather than let it go by me.
1: Did you let the guy at GameStop know that you have a very successful and popular gaming podcast and that if they don't replace your PS5, you will be putting GameSpot. stop on Blast?
0: You know, I, I did mention that I have a podcast and he wrote it down and I don't know <laughs> if he, he's listening, but uh, AJ, thank you. You did me a solid. I really appreciate it.
1: Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Um, as for me, not a whole lot going on. I traveled. I did a little mini vacation five days in North Carolina, Charlotte. There's the uh, there's the demo for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I don't really want to get into it because we've got people who are in our Discord, in our community, who are purposely like not playing at all because they just want to sit down when the whole game is out. So I'm not really going to get into anything too deep. But I will say there was a moment where it became clear to me in like, a very definitive way that they aren't just making this game on the fly or like just winging this because there was a very specific piece of dialogue that I realized by going back and looking at a moment in part one in remake that they had written this dialogue that was going to be used in rebirth. Hmm. They, they knew about it from day one, very early in remake that this, this dialogue is referenced and it's like, Oh, Okay. And, and with that greater context of playing the next, like, early chapter of Rebirth, I was like, okay, well, they they had this all planned out. This whole moment was set up from the start. So, really cool. Um, and then I was just today uh, playing the, kind of the, it's not necessarily open world, because it's just a little bite size area. But, kind of the free-form area. It, it's not story-driven like the first demo was. It's just like a open area romp fight some random monsters and um i was getting this feeling of like oh this is like final fantasy 7 meets xenoblade so it's like season mm. 1 and season 2 mash together and i found that really interesting
0: <laughs> interesting interesting we're bringing you back to floor 62 you might recall that after the imax experience we cut to palmer who interacted with sephiroth and then back at the back with the team Uh, we're leaving and we're met with a guy a innocuous seemingly innocent old man he's rocking the henry david thoreau which uh in other words is a neckbeard (laughs) and not unlike a dirty scummy incel neckbeard but like like a wizened mark twain writer (laughs) sort of neckbeard or the, the thoreau come on and uh his name's hart and he's the deputy mayor of Minger and the mayor himself would like to see us and so we kind of go well okay
1: right and if this we've said this a couple times now but if this is your first listen to our podcast i just have to drop the joke again uh in japanese his name is hato so the the mayor and the vice mayor their names are domino and hut so take that for As what it's in? worth As in pizzas, the the guys who run the pizza, (laughs) the big metal pizza. Anyway, moving on.
0: Moving on. So anyways, at floor 62, that's the library archives room, round room full of books that looks like the United States Library of Congress. It has a librarian robots in there with melancholic expressions on their faces like Marvin, the paranoid android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: This will all end in tears. I just know it. Tyler, I have to interject. I got sushi with my wife the other day. We put in our order and five minutes later, a robot just wheels out to our table. He's he's got a smiley face on the front and then three trays stacked vertically on the back. He's got all our food on it and, and we pull our all our food off. And then as soon as he feels that weight leaving his tray, he waits a couple seconds, then spins around and zips off. So these these little library robots, they are real. I'm seeing them in, in the real world today. They're for real.
0: Robots are real.
1: Yes. And who knows what they're... Like, there was one point where I didn't get my food off the tray fast enough because this was an all-you-can-eat. And it hmm. and it gave me a quip It said please take your food. I am busy. So he had shit to do and he was getting angry with me.
0: Outstanding. Right. So we meet Domino, Nate, mayor Domino. He's the man with the white mustache and goatee that we've seen earlier in pictures with president Shinra. And in that scene where with Reeve and, uh, Turns out he's an avalanche sympathizer. He reveals he's been looking after us, scrubbing footage of us on video cameras, and silencing witnesses.
1: You've been caught by security several times, walked in front of every other camera, and scared an accountant half to death. Do you hear the alarm? No? You're welcome.
0: He's avalanche's man on the inside. And When we talk about avalanche, we're not talking about the bear contingency. I think we're talking about the greater avalanche operation the folks that we saw like infiltrate that supplies depot in chapter four
1: right and we don't even there's like no hint of there is more to avalanche in og whatsoever other than later in the game barrett hinting that like avalanche began somewhere else so like you would think in the og if barrett's the only avalanche leader you've ever met and you've never seen anyone else then barrett made it up right mm-hmm apparently not og postulates that there were earlier members before him so it's like this nebulous idea that kind of exists in the original game but is never expounded upon and so is this idea that domino is kind of a collaborator because in og not we won't address the og section just yet but i will say like he is eager to just screw around with us and give us a key card so we can progress so it's like this is this is both like a totally new element to remake but not unheard of either like it's pulling on things that were already there to some degree
0: Mm -hmm. he thinks we're here to kill the president but we're really just here to access hojo's lab he can get us as far as the 64th floor by having his Uh, another sympathizer assist us we just have to check in with them on the 63rd floor and we'll verify who that is by hollering mayor at (laughs) a random person and if they respond with is the best or the best well then that's our man that's the code word we're looking for
1: the best this whole uh exercise and remake is kind of a redo of of a little game you can play in og final fantasy where uh, the mayor he he wants to give you that key card, but he he'd rather fuck with you a little bit first because he's bored. There's nothing to do all day when you're the mayor of a city run by a corporation, right? It's a it's a proxy title or something or a figurehead, right? So he wants to play this game with us, and what it boils down to is running through the library. The mayor's been fucking up the book order and with that he's he's planted a little hint for a code word for him so we
0: have to guess the password and you can bribe in og you can bribe art for hints but the game is you go to these libraries in the room and you see which documents are in the incorrect library and the subjects are color-coded scientific research is blue bookcases urban development is yellow peace slash weapon development is pink and space dev is green now if you remember in remake in the previous episode that we went through that hallway in the museum where we there is a video screen that showed us all the department heads with the cheery female narrator Mm -hmm. there was an icon associated with each of those people and i wondered if the color of the icon matched the color of the bookcases in original but it's not true oh no i know i know i'm micro reading this shit anyways (laughs) uh so You find the letters from the misplaced documents to find the password. And eventually, I determine that it's bomb. Originally, I could pick from best orbs or bomb because I found out that there's a B in it. And when I guess bomb, Domino goes, God, I love the sound of that bomb. I'm so angry. I'm a walking time bomb about to explode. Now go up there and make them suffer. That's when we get the keycard 65 and an elemental materia as well nate how was this game for you
1: is good yeah and it's different each time so of all those choices you can get let's say you played the game 10 years ago and you remember oh it's bomb it might not be bomb the next time it randomizes uh what books are out of place and where they are and everything so for me this time around it was best And I wanted to bring this up now because that leads into what's happening with the little, it's not a mini game anymore, but the idea that you're running around and saying mayor. And somebody's going to reply with the best. Well, that was his thing when I got it right. And I said best. And he's like, yeah, I love that word. The best, the mayor is the best. And he's like, nobody can appreciate my genius. So
0: that's amazing.
1: Right. So that's what they're pulling on in a remake. This little game of like trying to figure out who the sympathizer is not as fun. If I'm being honest, because this in remake is like a scripted on rail sequence of, you just, you know, you have to do it. Whereas mm-hmm. in OG, you can just pick every word and get it wrong 10 times until you pick the right one and not get the reward of the elemental materia. But all right, yeah. if you want to play the game, you get a little prize for it. I love that.
0: In Remake, you can bribe heart, but he doesn't give you clues because there's no, he doesn't give you clues about who the sympathizer is. But uh, if you give him 10K, he'll give you an EKG cannon, a weapon for Barrett whose unique ability is called point blank, which does a delayed explosion. By the way, listeners, if you're hearing squeaking and walking sounds around me, uh, my wife has a friend over and they are probably walking upstairs. You're just going to have to deal with it.
1: It's great. There's We love the squeaks. So I will say, uh, you know, it's a pretty big stretch to believe that the mayor was able to constantly wipe every instance of a camera <laughs> documenting our intrusion, he would have to be a wizard on this, but you know what? It's kind of, maybe that's, maybe he's gotten good at it over the years because that's all he has to do. It's just sitting in his room with all of his cameras, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely think that it's a massive, this whole thing is a massive improvement over the <laughs> OG Final Fantasy Seven intrusion sequence where like do you remember how back in the old Ninja Turtles cartoons they would just put like a trench coat and a hat on and they would be able to walk around freely in public with their like turtle feet showing on the ground and their enormous backs yeah and no one would ever question it that's kind of what the old old school PlayStation 1 infiltration of the Shinra Tower feels like to some degree at least here we have a shadow of an explanation that you can kind of believe to say alright okay that makes sense right mm-hmm. and they they even kind of give it a little bit of extra context too of like it's late late at night there's chaos everybody's working late hours because of the plate drop the mayor's covering for us the the whole we snuck through the the tour area because it was shut down due to renovations and everything so like there was a lot going on to cover for us and remake and i think that was pretty cool to add that layer of believability to it
0: i agree with you Follows next in Remake is a scene with Hojo and Aerith. The scene is captioned to 66th floor, Hojo's lab main level, where we get him questioning her about the promised land. She says nothing. He's She's very composed in this scene. She's in this glass cylinder. It's not filled with liquid or nothing. She's just in this glass enclosure. He's gaslighting her, provoking her by talking about her mother as if she were a lab rat. And some of his quotes are just awful in this scene. He goes, how would you like to see your mother? And she does kind of react to this. And he goes on to say that he's retained her corpse. And it's back here in the lab in Hojo's possession.
1: Would you like to see your mother? Albeit through the lens of one of my microscopes did you really think we'd leave such a precious specimen to watch in the gutter
0: and as he's talking to her he's throwing himself at the glass enclosure she's in like taunting and gawking at her like a kid at a chimpanzee exhibit she's he's like he looks just mad and depraved and and it's gross like he's terrifying and pathetic and and uh it really shows you his true colors
1: yeah and I don't know if he was this way to this degree in- Og, he still says some pretty disgusting stuff in original, and he has mm. like his little snicker animation where his head just kind of like, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can imagine, but not like this. Um, I mean we we know by the end of Og, he's a pretty gross dude, so whatever, you know, it's good. But it kind of reminds me of in Parasite Eve, there's uh, the Doctor Maeda. And he's a cool dude, he likes Aya, he helps her out, and then he comes back in the third birthday, and, like, he's this Aya-obsessed fanboy creepo that's just, like, always like, oh, Aya, your jeans, they're so beautiful, you know, it's just like, okay, okay, too much, dude. So I don't know if that's just like once you start adding in that, like, like we've said, they're no longer Lego characters or something that you have to find more expressive ways to communicate their ickiness. But I I liked it being that Hojo was a little bit like you knew he was evil in OG, but you didn't know how evil he was until later in the game. Right. Mm
0: hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned it, because I do want to talk about his appearance, actually, because he he looks evil. And even in OG, his model, he looks like a mad scientist. He's got this bulbous forehead, and and his posture is very uh, hunched forward, and he's got the the snicker animation. And uh, I think he was rendered quite, recreated quite well in Remake here, I think, which is, I think, especially challenging for this particular character, because all of his character is in his face i mean if you if you like paint it over his face and like i don't know just like a black black paint (laughs) not not like blackface but like just just ignore his face and look at the rest of his body he's a guy in a lab trench coat and so all of his character is up in his head and his head as created in remake is really really great i think as far as like producing character and interesting features. He's got ugly creases on his face. He's got long, oily black hair. He's got that gross lock of hair that comes down his face in the front, also like it does in OG. He's got these glasses with circular and dark lenses. And it reminds me of another mad doctor or mad scientist in film history that had similarly dark shaded glasses. Nate, have you ever seen Dr. Strangelove?
1: The whole point of the doomsday machine is lost if you keep it a secret why didn't you tell the world eh? no i have not oh
0: man you should be oh my god but i i think mean, it's one of the best black comedies of all time
1: right funny enough the guy I just mentioned the the soundtrack for third birthday has a song uh dr maeda or how i learned to start loving dna <laughs> mm-hmm. so maybe there's more of a connection than i originally thought if you're pu- if there you're is, pulling yes. if you're pulling to strange love with hojo and i'm saying there's this creepy doctor dude in third birthday who kind of acts the same way I, I i'm getting some overlap here i love it i love it if
0: you didn't already know folks uh, there's a subtitle to the movie dr strange love called dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb Right. Point being, it's got an overblown, ridiculous name that people are referencing nowadays. Anyways, so I'm getting Dr. Love vibes, although he's confined to a wheelchair. He has like gross, disgusting ideas in terms of how to win the Cold War on behalf of, as a character, he's one of those um, rehabilitated German scientists from post-World War II that emigrated to America. He's mm-hmm. one of those types. Anyways, uh, fantastic movie. Check it out.
1: I'm thinking of another 90s Squaresoft RPG where a man with slicked back, black hair, and a ponytail and a lab coat can be seen looking at a young girl in a test tube. Who am I talking
0: about? Dr. Kim from
1: Xenogears. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering. There was a time when the development of these two games overlapped and even potentially were the same game right isn't that
0: fascinating nate fascinating so
1: is he a leftover i don't know we're we're i mean this is there's no basis we are just having a good time here i'm not pulling from anything meaningful here we're just having fun
0: all things considered creepy dude weird name hojo hojo for me it evokes a sense of like madness or foul magic like I know Mojo is like libido or magic power. Mm-hmm. Are you are you feeling any of that in the in the name Hojo?
1: No, it's actually a pretty normal Japanese surname if if you look ah. into it. But most people refer to it like he is a professor, right? And whenever he, we we in the game we we'll learn about his predecessor, uh Professor Gast, and no one ever talks about Gast. They never just say, "Hey, It it was Gast that did that. They always say Professor Gast, But there's a lot of people within Shinra that don't call Hojo Professor Hojo, even though he's basically taken the rank of his predecessor, right? So it seems like the way his name is used is kind of used disrespectfully in a way. Like, people don't want to give him the same respect as the other doctors that preceded him. So it's almost like nobody's really comfortable with what this guy does in the company and he's not particularly fond of any of the other functions of the company in turn like all he really cares about is the science right so right i think there's this disconnect where like his experiments are no longer this the previous doctors gassed, and there was a crisis score had another doctor right hollander hollander right Seems like there's been a breakdown within the the professor section of the company, and people don't love Professor Hojo. So they that's what I get from how people use his name. They just say Hojo. They don't give him the the honorific or whatever the title.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: Either that, or he didn't go to school.
0: No, as we get into floors like 63 and up the contents of each floor is going to be different per each game. Although like what you might see in floor 64, you might actually have on floor 65 in the other game. And rather than go like up floor by floor, I think it's just more interesting for readers that we go to what content is more comparable and try to talk, try to track that. And, um, I'll try to keep track of that as we're going,
1: but, but, but actually, can I, so with that, I can probably slam through it a lot easier for you for being honest. How do you mean? Um, I think the next, there's the next two, three floors in OG are pretty inconsequential. They're just like games in a way, you know? So we could just slam those out and be done with them until we get to like the point of convergence, which is the board meeting, right? That
0: probably would be a lot more smoother for listeners. Let's do that.
1: Right. So then 463, it's got this, uh, door puzzle thing you can totally skip it but if you you have a set number of doors you can open is it two or is it three doors it's three Okay, and so you can like do this combination where you can get one item if you open a certain number of doors you can get another item but there is a only one combination where via the correct doors and crawling through the correct ventilation shafts Tyler my Hmm. the bane of my existence but uh (laughs) be you can through doing the correct combo you can get all three items were you able to figure it out
0: i was yes perfect you go around the top and then through one of the vents to get the third
1: right and uh nothing like amazing but you know it's just fun it i do it None of the items are life-changing, but I do it right every time just to say I did it right. You know, the completionist aspect.
0: Why do I keep hearing that from you, Nate?
1: Yeah, it's just the way it goes. It's it's the same thing. Uh, I The new Tomb Raider remasters came out, and I just... It doesn't matter. I have to go through all of my, I have to kill every animal. I have to... <laughs> that sounds violent. I have to get every little health pack. Even if I don't need it, I have to do every little thing there is to do in each level. Even if it's like you could do it way faster by just jumping over this pack of wolves and going towards the exit, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the way I am. So yeah, doing, doing any part of that puzzle will yield you the, um, the key to the next floor. Even if you don't get anything and you just ask for the prize. So mm-hmm. your key car gets upgraded or, you don't upgrade your key card. You get like a new actual card this time. So clouds carrying around a pack of cards in his pocket. Um, the next floor, floor 64 has a gym, like a, a recreational area for people that work there. And that's kind of what I said in a previous episode, like makes me think that people like live here or spend multiple days here at a time. Cause there's beds for you to sleep. And a uh, a gym and everything, like everything you would need to get through an extended stay here, almost like a hotel.
0: Yeah, that's right. This is the first save point you find in the Shinra building as well. It takes a while to get to one, but we find it here. Um, there's a broken vending machine in here in the gym. It asks for 250 gil, and then it doesn't give you a Shinra gym energy drink. But if you bang on it, an employee will tell you to knock it off. And if you come back to the machine after banging on it, when you return to Midgar at the end of OG disc two, you will get a speed source and a mind source, which when used on a character permanently increases that particular stat by one point.
1: Nice. Now in this upgraded version of OG that we have on the switch and PC and everything uh, in the gym, there are weightlifting benches that have actual 3d geometry. Unlike the arms, like if you're going to do, a fly right there there is some sort of geometry just there where the arms would be moving whereas everything else is our typical pre-rendered pixelated background but as all of our character edges are in hd so is this uh, gym equipment so it makes me wonder was there some sort of weightlifting mini game planned for the area that they ended up cutting just that the sheer size of mini games they already had Mm. in in this section of the game like puzzle hunting password hunting all that stuff and it's like okay stop not another mini game guys
0: it is interesting that this floor is in between sandwiched in between a couple mini games and it makes you wonder why and
1: there there is no mini game on this floor to get a new card key the card key actually skips a floor on this one Mm mm-hmm So, yeah, it's weird.
0: You can invade some of the lockers in the locker bay. One of them's got an either, another is a Phoenix Talon, but then a third unlocked locker has a megaphone in it. Now, in your first playthrough of OG, you're probably thinking, well, that's fucking weird. (laughs) But people who played OG, or, yeah, people who played OG know that uh, megaphone is cat, she's weapon and that this particular uh megaphone in that particular locker will be uh that character's ultimate weapon when you pick it up again assuming you do at the end of disc two when you return to midger
1: if only cloud had picked that damn thing up
0: what do you think it's like oh th- maybe this is for the cheer squad
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it could be at this point because we're we're in like such a weird area of the building uh-huh and then lastly, we have Floor 65. It's just a floor completely dedicated to a model of Midgar. Mm-hmm. And we we actually saw this as part of our like Shinra history tour in Remake. So this scene, this thing does exist in the scope of Remake, but there is no minigame. Well, not even really a minigame, but just there is no action associated with it you just walk by and comment on it in remake
0: mm-hmm. you simply pick up pieces from random chests throughout the floor and when you put them all into place you earn that key card key card 66 there are random battles in this room and uh, they, uh, they're just sort of at least in my case they were sort of
1: Right. and then this grants you the card to the next floor so it kind of begs the question like we're getting these cards what why <laughs> What is the function of like, hey, we have this Midgar model, but I'm hiding all the pieces to it. And if you can get all the pieces, you can come to my floor. But also I might try and murder you while you're doing that. I wanna know who set this whole system up because like what if a dude's just late for a meeting and he's like, Oh shit, <laughs> I forgot my key card. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to Bob's office and get another one and then he just gets murdered by sortipedes, so It's a weird place. Should have taken the tube elevator. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So uh but what I will say about this, uh the model, this was this was something that it's weird to wrap my head around because when you finish the whole model, there's still one sector that just has like a crack in it and like a gaping hole. It doesn't look detailed and lit up and robust as the other sectors. So as a as a kid I'm thinking to myself, that's sector seven. They updated the model that night for the plate drop makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not in the right spot. If you count the sectors, that is sector six, which we know from playing remake from the expanded storytelling of everything, that's the collapsed expressway, the, the plate drop during Midgar's construction. And so this was in the story of the game, but like where? There's nowhere else where they talk about Sector 6 being this, like, plate accident from decades ago, right? Is there? Have you seen it anywhere else?
0: Not that I can think of.
1: Right. So, it's interesting that that's in there in that way, that, like, it's in the lore, but they just never bothered to put it in the game. But it's, like, on a mid, it's on like a Final Fantasy 7 lore bible somewhere back at Squaresoft HQ, right? And mm-hmm. there is a little dialogue that if you click on it, Cloud says, when Shinra finishes Sector 6, their plan will be complete. And I don't know what that means because that implies they never built Sector 6 in the first place. So, uh you would kind of you would think like oh if your your whole big plan is to build this utopia and we just have one more sector left to build you probably wouldn't want to be dropping other sectors at the same time but who knows i i don't know the the big picture i just found this really interesting that it was like in there and this is literally the only place you can find that tidbit of information but it's like When you go back to Sector 6 in OG and you traverse those two screens, hell yeah, there is a completely collapsed expressway with the construction equipment trying to move it that's been like abandoned. So, yeah, it's crazy. So that's that's kind of our OG puzzle floor journey, and the next floor is one of actual consequence, again, to the story. So I think we can circle back to Remake now.
0: Okay, great. So when we get to floor 63, that's... The recreation facility. First, we enter. Don't really, we don't really enter it, but we pass through a call center, and there's a brief, like establishing cutscene of us watching Shinra employees in telephone bays answering calls uh, about distressed, uh, with distr- uh, discussing with distressed citizens about the Sector Seven collapse. But we blow past that as soon as we encounter it and get into the recreation hall and there isn't so much there isn't really a gym here so much as uh relaxation corners lots of foliage it's a very naturalistic area big tree in the center but it feels like an art inst- or it feels like a corporate art installation then it, then it feels like a tree it's like humans need a sense of connecting to nature so Here's a tree.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a big nice tree. It like it looks old and old enough at least. It's certainly mature, but but it's there to provoke a sense of connecting with nature, although we're in a futuristic, you know, we're 60 we're 66 floors up. It's ridiculous. So we go around saying the mayor to random people and it can elicit some pretty funny reactions with some of the NPCs here. For example, the cafeteria ladies like Mayo? No, we don't have any mayo here. And shame on the cafeteria checkout lady for not having mayo at the cafeteria.
1: Yeah, it's like one of the most basic ass condiments you can want on your sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of deli are you with no goddamn mayo? Like, and she doesn't just say, oh, oh, sorry, yeah, we're out. It's like, mayo? What are you fucking insane? Get out of here with that shit. She'd be like, that sounds like grounder talk. Security! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only oh, Only poor people eat mayo. Yeah,
0: we've got uh, materionase.
1: Oh, gross.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, in a different area, there's a shop where you can buy a mithril saber. I bought it here, but I looked it up and it turns out you can also buy it in Wall Market in chapter 14. Uh, it's special as Blade Burst, a ranged, non-elemental magic attack that gains proficiency by executing enemies with it. Stats prioritize magic attack power. And we find our contact at the VR combat simulator. He's kind of the handler for this VR environment that uh, that he, he, he appears to kind of administrate it. And uh, he gives us the code word we're looking for, but he won't give us the key unless we prove ourselves in the combat simulator. And so here we are engaged in another series of fights, very much like the Corneo Coliseum, but these ones are more challenging. The, the There's a price of entry to to begin the fights, and uh, there's about 10 of them. And then after you complete the first one, Chadley shows up nearby so you can you know, buy any new materia he's got or fight any extra, any new summons that he might have you fight.
1: Now, I think there's definitely a missed opportunity here to, like, take the mayor's model and like give him the moves of say Beck or bucket or whatever the hell their names were. Right. Right. The ruffians and, and just have the mayor as like a level 99 mob in there, because if he's the best, he's going to program a ridiculous ass dude that you could never beat. And so you get in there, he beats the ever living shit out of you. And it's like, (laughs) all right, I've, I've had my fun, but here. Here's your key card.
0: Right? Where's the mod for that?
1: Yeah, I think that'd be hilarious. But I do want to say a little bit about the fights in here. Uh, so the, they, they did the same thing like the Coliseum where you have the individual fights and the group fights and everything. So with Barrett's individual fight, I thought to myself, okay, I gotta level up this damn scissor things special move so that I have it in my repertoire, right? I can't... I'm not equipping the scissor in other places. So I'm like, I'll get it out of the way. I'll do it here. And that was the worst decision I could make because Barrett soloing with the goddamn scissors is terrible. He is miserable without his gun. And, uh, one of, one of these is another t- teenage mutant Ninja turtles reference. One of the mobs against Barrett is this Casey Jones looking motherfucker <laughs> with like the hockey mask on and the Brungy bandit. Yeah. And the tank top. And, uh, but for some reason, his like move set is all sumo moves like he, he does all the stance and like theatrics of a sumo for whatever reason. I don't know if there's just this like Japanese coded thing of fat guy equals sumo, but that's what he's doing. And uh, so Barrett's special move with the scissors is like this charging shoulder tackle and casey jones dude grungy bandit has the same thing so we're just endlessly like tackle (laughs) rushing each other and he's body slamming me and i'm uppercutting him into the air and it takes goddamn forever to kill him and i eventually get it but then the next fight funny enough is against a soldier member in vr and barrett kicks his ass he destroys the soldier member I'm just thinking of all the times clouds like dude if there were soldier members here you'd be running you'd be you wouldn't survive and it's like Barrett just dominated the soldier member by the way so yeah that I found that pretty interesting also with this area I mean like what's the logistics of like you're, you're done from accounting and on your lunch break you're just gonna like step into a pod and body slam a sweeper or something after eating a chicken sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> Why is this thing here and not like at soldier barracks or something? I, I think it's a little out of place.
0: It is a little out of place. Right. I guess uh, developers for the game are going, well, we need you to have an opportunity to grind partway through climbing this Shinra building and... We don't have a really great way to do that. And so have some VR fun. Oh, and throw Charlie in there too.
1: Right. And I don't know what the first game to do. This was maybe even in the, the SquareSoft square Enix wheelhouse. But I just remember kingdom hearts one having the Coliseum and every other kingdom hearts game since, and a lot of other games since then having the, the Coliseum or like the monster battle arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody on the development team is just like, it's free content. It's so easy. You just plug in the guy and they sit there for hours fighting them. It's amazing. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to write any stories, create any environments. Just put super hard guys that they'll grind against for hours and then cry that they can't beat them. I'm looking at you, Kingdom Hearts Sephiroth. Look at me. I am the one-winged angel now. (laughs) And I have a feeling we might get into that a little bit when we get to the uh, DLC for uh, the Intergrade DLC, right? I've seen that there's additional targets in the uh, VR space that we have not yet met. Oh, joy. In our playthrough, yes.
0: Chadley's in a lab coat. He's in his element. He works here. And uh, he he looks different. Um, I fought and defeated Leviathan at this point and uh non-elemental kraken monster so we get the card from the guy the guy who hollers the best and as we're getting out of the rec hall floor uh we run into a few shinra grunts that recognize cloud cloud's head hurts and everything goes kind of staticky for a bit and then one of them says stay here we're going to go get console now if you haven't played crisis core Kunsel is a minor character in that game. We know him as a close friend of Zack's, but more importantly, Kunsel knows enough about Cloud's past to unravel his whole charade in front of his friends. Now, console knows that Cloud was the infantryman that Zack escaped Nibelheim with after spending years in Hojo's test tubes underneath the Shinra mansion, and so uh, when they leave, we get this sense that, well, we've been, we're have interacting with Shinra forces who could escalate this situation into d- d- dangerous way but and and cloud's like leaning into that sort of train of thought but what we know well, you know if you play crisis core you know that he's going no well, i've got i've got an additional reason for getting out of dodge before they go bring console to us and so we leave
1: okay so you played crisis score more recently than i does console know about the like test tubes and Zach escaping and cloud, all that stuff. Or is it just this like, Oh, I remember you cloud and console will know too. You're the infantry man guy. Is that the extent?
0: I can't remember, but they do a lot of interaction with, uh, between email Zach and Council do in the latter half oh. of the game. And so if that's the case, it would be because they emailed one another
1: about it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Because I don't remember a specific scene, but there could be some sort of like, yeah, I'm traveling the country with Cloud. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm not seeing it in the Crisis Core email logs where uh, Consul identifies Cloud as one of the infantrymen that joins Zack and Sephiroth for the Nobleheim mission. And so that must have taken place in person between Consul and and Zack. However, there is an email from Consul to Zack titled, Just As I Thought, in which Kunsel says that he heard two research samples have escaped from Nibelheim and one of them might be Zack. And so, so you might say that Consul has reason to believe that Cloud could be the other sample. So yeah, if, uh, if Consul and Cloud did run into one another, this would spell trouble for Cloud's whole story. The story he's told Barrett, Tifa, and everybody else about, uh, what he's been up to in recent years.
1: I will say like, you know, this, this being caught or noticed thing. Um, you know, we gotta avoid running into console or whatever. Uh first of all, st- starting your name with those syllables, very unfortunate. I have a hard time even saying his name without feeling icky. But uh <laughs> with that, <laughs> I I don't I don't know like uh did the mayor also delete all of the like live TV footage and it never made it to prime time of barrett's big dumb face preaching to everyone on national television oh yes from from sector five because like i straight up walked up to a dude like who had a talking thing and barrett's face was like five inches from his and the guy was like excuse me i'm busy right now and it's like excuse me i'm a terrorist and my face was everywhere two days ago so hello <laughs> but I don't know. That's the only puzzle piece I'm missing is did the mayor also delete all of that from sector five?
0: That's a good point. Maybe those friends of console shouldn't be like, oh, let's go get console. They should be like, oh, my God, cloud strife in the flesh enemy of the state. Let me be yes. right back with a couple uh, sweepers. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's what they were doing. They're like, oh, yeah, let's go get console. And they come back with like <laughs> heavy arms. Yeah. That'd be amazing. But eventually we do get to the conference room or the conference room floor, floor 64 in remake and 66 in OG.
1: Really? Oh, it is different floors. I didn't think of that. Interesting.
0: Interesante.
1: It is much more fleshed out to be like an actual executive floor in remake than it was in OG. In OG, it was kind of this like smashed together A lot of multiple different things going on in this floor in OG to the point where I can see them maybe putting, just to spoil it, the giant alien corpse on a separate floor than where you're having your executive meetings. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're trying to work out a deal with the uh, the ambassador from Junin, right? And he's, oh, your meeting will be in ten minutes. All right, I'll just walk around. And he sees he walks around the corner, and there's a fucking alien corpse and a test tube there. And it's like, oh, wait. So, uh yeah, it makes sense that they they knock this one down a floor too.
0: It does. Uh, what should we do first? Remake or original?
1: Let's do a remake.
0: Okay, so when we get into the floor, we uh, the department heads are within earshot. They're entering the conference room, and uh, the president asks uh, Heidegger, is the narrative intact? And Heidegger says, everyone believes the Avalanche-Wutai collaboration conspiracy entirely. And uh, Heidegger also eagerly awaits Avalanche to make their move so they can twist it yet again. We might be falling into their hands for the 9,000th time
1: right now. Bathroom time, Nate. Are you saying you need an actual bathroom break?
0: No, I'm not saying you need an actual bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to snoop in on the conference meeting by infiltrating the bathroom. And we go up through the vents and listen in. We all go into, presumably, the men's bathroom. Tifa's invited in to help hide herself. We can't have her idling outside.
1: She's very uncomfortable about it. She, she, she does is. her anime... Sighing of oh no, mm, no, and then they they eventually reason with her to enter.
0: Mm-hmm. Now in OG, everyone kind of piles into Cloud's person as a means to like demonstrate we're moving as a party when we go through the vents, and so you might just say that in OG all three of them are going through the vents all together, but in remake, it's just Cloud. Tifa won't go in the vents, and Barrett admits he's simply too big for the vents, and I have to agree with that. The man is like 290 pounds.
1: Well, also, does Tifa stay behind? Does she? Let's review the tape.
0: Okay, while well, you're reviewing the tape, I'm gonna yeah, keep going to discuss some of the rooms that we see leading up to the conference room in Remake. In the first one, one woman is distressed that she can't call her loved ones in Sector 7, and then another employee says, maybe it's just that all the phone lines are down. This is utter bullshit. In the second room we snoop in on, we see uh, a bunch of people who I think work for Reeve, and they're discussing how to provide three, five, and ten-year plans for rebuilding Sector 7. They seem like they're trying to do their diligent, honest work, which is unusual this high up the Shinra building.
1: They're going to propose these three, five, ten-year plans to rebuild Sector 7, but uh what about sector six the plate that dropped like 40 years ago and you haven't rebuilt that one um like i've said this in past episodes but like maybe the giant plate that's laying on the floor the entirety of the existence of the city should be a big red flag to people apparently it's not but uh that would be my first thing on the list to fix is the, the one thing that everybody's looking at of like, remember that time you royally fucked up and everyone died and now it's happened (laughs) twice.
0: Remember that time you royally fucked up and everyone died. Well, it happened again last night.
1: Yeah. So I think there's more than just the let's rebuild. You are correct. Cloud jumps in alone.
0: Cheers. So at the board meeting, it begins with Heidegger who says he won't believe Palmer saw Sephiroth. We're just going to discard that. Probably won't come <laughs> up again. Uh, then President Aborts Reeves plans to rebuild Sector 7. It's time to turn our energies to Neo Midgar. I'd also like to point out that Hojo has a sp- has a seat in this boardroom table instead of an OG where he's like a special guest who strolls in partway through. Right. Um, the President asks Hojo if she can lead us to the Promised Land. Hojo asks for permission to be more forceful with her, and everyone is all for it. No surprises. Uh, The president tells him to proceed as he see fits, but do not make the same mistake twice, i.e. let her escape again.
1: Now, I don't know if this is referring to the mistake being her escaping. I took that as don't kill another ancient girl, a la Ifalna, as the mistake he's referring to, saying, all right. I trusted you with this before, and I have a dead ancient woman. Don't do that again.
0: Hojo didn't kill her;
1: she died after the escape. She died. Yeah. That's what did true. she die from? That's the. I, I, don't I know. think the whole ordeal is like we had our ace in the hole, and you blew it. If you do that again, we've literally got nothing to stand on for this. So,
0: well, that I, I mean, I I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah died in custody or died escaping or died in a way that permitted Aerith to have her freedom. Yes. It's more important that she sacrificed herself than the way in which she died and who's to blame.
1: Yes. But I think that's the, from my opinion, that's the president's perspective is like, you know, Hey, you killed the last one I had. That sucks.
0: (laughs) There ain't that many left, but there could be more. Because Hojo floats the idea of perhaps
1: Don't actually say it for censorship podcast yeah. purposes but yeah. Yes
0: To uh,
1: Compel one
0: Compel Aerith to procreate Yes Under coercion
1: There is a stronger word for that that it will probably not be Friendly to YouTube In the future You will not make the same mistake twice Is that clear?
0: If I may, Mr. President, I have an idea how we might mitigate the risks. Simply put, we could have the ancient reproduce. The idea is reprehensible and we don't want to stay on it too long, but the point being is that Hojo is a bastard and uh, we need to rescue her promptly.
1: And just to be clear, this is a really weird point that OG expounds upon. It's implied that the partner is going to be Red 13, and I just don't know how that even works, but you know it's Hojo. He's into some weird stuff.
0: I can send you a few internet links to no, help you figure that no,
1: out. No, oh, stop.
0: Forget Rule Thirteen. <laughs> forget Red Thirteen. It's Rule
1: Thirteen. <laughs> yeah Nah, I'm I'm out.
0: Okay, forget yeah, it. I'm out. Yeah, see ya. Okay. Recording the open. president's out too. He adjourns the meeting, and everyone leaves. I, by the way, nobody uh, voices opposition to Hojo's horrific plan. And, um, however, Reeve is still pleading with President to reconsider the plans to rebuild Sector Seven. And then Hojo says,
1: "Something stinks. Something stinks. Something stinks." Something stinks. The way that the "something stinks" line is delivered by Hojo, he like crosses his arms pauses contemplatively contemplatively and then he says like in a very menacing tone like it's implied to be something much deeper here and I'm like is he he insinuating that like he gave Sephiroth a stinky polyurethane coat when he was a soldier member or something and he's like smelling it in the building or whatever because like in the original This was a joke. It was not delivered by Hojo. It was delivered by Scarlet. Right. She looks directly up at Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa in the ventilation shaft. And she's talking about the fact that they're smelling the shitter. (laughs) It's straight up a joke. And the delivery of this in Remake is like, why? What are you doing? He doesn't look up at the vent. He doesn't hint at anything. Like, if this is your your first Final Fantasy experience, you are going to be left blue-balled on the stinking issue. Long-term? I don't know. It also begs the question, though, who designed this place to where you can be in the main executive room where all major business is conducted, and on the (laughs) off (laughs) chance someone is taking a shit, everyone can smell it. What is going on? Who's the building planner? Reeve, what have you done? I even freshly flushed that toilet, right? So there isn't <laughs> any like lurking floaters. You and OG have the option to flush the toilet, and I did. So there's a major, major ventilation issue here, right?
0: Does it come back around in any way when you return to Midgar at the end of Disc Two? I
1: don't know. <laughs> I think it well, was that's just. an honest question. Eh. I think it was just one of those stupid OG Final Fantasy seven jokes of like, almost like the, the, the method of your infiltration was to hop on a toilet and climb through the, the bathroom vents and like the absurdity of it. That's like a wink and a nod to like, okay. Right. Yeah. This is silly. We all know it's a little silly. Okay. OG conference room. It's not silly in remake. It's serious.
0: Yeah, it's serious, which is, which is why it's baffling. I don't know. It's probably one of those things where, like, it was cartoony and OG, but now that we feel like, we, okay, so we've decided it has to stay in remake, and now that we've decided that, we have, to, we have to represent it in a way that's realistic, but in the course of articulating it realistically, we've lost the humor because it's no longer a cartoon.
1: Right. I think Hojo is legitimately smelling Sephiroth in the building. He put a stinky scent on him.
0: Hojo who deals in like mutagens and mutants and flasks of shit and blood and wild animals has to go <laughs> something stinks. Yeah, and it's okay. not even like a like a metaphorical thing, too, because I mean, let's say like something philosophically stinks. Well, he just put forward the most reprehensible idea. The entire <laughs> game is put forward yet. Yes. And he's still appalled by something that's stinky. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, oh my god, my moral code is like really, really not where it should be. It's <laughs> st- who who stepped in. Who,
1: who would have known the the potentially deepest analysis we'd be doing on this episode is the the shitter status.
0: What's wrong with the conference room shitter? Hey, an OG. We um that one dude thought that we were a janitor, so maybe we could have like put our. There could have been a plumbing mini game where we're like, okay, well, we are the janitor for a while, so let's just try to, you know. And there's a there's a plunger meter, and the and the shit pushing through the pipe as you rapidly push the X button, and then kind of swap to the next button because you're using the other hand to 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 flush the toilet. And is
1: is there a bigger B plot happening here of the janitors all being (laughs) on strike and nobody in the building has a fucking Uh clue? Maybe. I think that's it. We cracked the code.
0: Maybe when Sector 7 fell, it demolished a good hunk of the sewer system infrastructure, and now toilets are backing up all over this general building.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or that's where all the janitors lived, was Sector 7. Oh no! And that's why Reeve was pleading, begging, (laughs) don't do this. (laughs) We're gonna have no fucking janitors working here, boss. Alright, can we... Can we just get into this game, please?
0: It's time to get serious, everybody. It's OG conference room floor time. Floor 66. So when we arrive in the floor, the screen of the floor is quite wide. We can see a lot of the floor when we get to floor 66. And we see in a corner of the screen, department heads entering the big room in the center. And we can talk with other employees walking about. One of them says it's hard work being a secretary, but you get to rub shoulders with handsome fellows. And then another one says something in the bathroom stinks. That didn't take too long. <laughs> so we go in the bathroom. You can flush or climb into the vent or both, I guess. And then we peep in on uh, board meetings from the vents. Are there other rooms that we snoop in on before we get to the conference room in OG? No. Okay. But we do navigate more vents. There's a material in there too. Yeah. Once we begin the meeting, Reeve estimates it uh, that the Sector 7 collapse cost 100 billion gill in damage. And then President Shinra says, we're not rebuilding. Instead, we're going to focus on building Neo Midgar and to fund a planned budget increase for Reeve and Scarlet's departments. We are going to increase everyone's Mako energy bill by 15%. Reeve pushes back saying it will sow resentment among the people, but President Shinra brushes it off. It is here when Hojo enters the room and briefs uh, the board on his experiments with Aerith now that she's back in his custody. Says she's not as good a specimen as as her mother Ifalna and that his experiments could last as long as 120 years so he asks permission to uh, breed her um, to produce more resilient test subjects. Fucking what? And he also says the mother is strong yet has her weaknesses and I don't really know what that means either.
1: That has to be a mistranslation of saying it backwards. Like, because Japanese sentences are said in reverse to ours, that has to be that it, he meant to say, She is strong, but has her mother's weaknesses, right? That makes more sense. Mm, maybe. Or her mother was strong, but she has some weaknesses. I don't know. But dialing back into the 120 years, no one asks Hojo. Like, they're going to get to Neo Midgar, and they want to figure out how via Aerith. Mm -hmm. He says, it's going to take too long, so I'm going to breed her so that i'm going to have more specimens to experiment on for the next 120 years and nobody in the boardroom is like dude we're going to be dead <laughs> hello can we speed it up a little bit that he doesn't propose a solution for speeding up the process he's just saying i'm i'm going to want children i'm going to want a, a line here to experiment on for the next century And they're all like, yeah, okay.
0: Hojo's like, if you think it'll take too long, well, we'll breed you, too. Palmer, get over here. (laughs) Oh,
1: God. Oh, no. Um, And uh, so they're all like, okay, well, maybe in their heads they're thinking like, okay, well, we got to figure something else out then. But then also no one asks Hojo the question, like, how are you still going to be doing this in 120 years? What have you got cooking underneath that lab coat of yours? Like, it's the... It's like a cool interaction in a way like he's being very scientific and like mysterious, but it also makes zero fucking sense that no one has a reaction to it. They're all just like, oh, that like you, the the response would be, all right, no Neo Midgar then, right? Like Reeve should be like, I guess we are rebuilding the plate boss because it took you 40 years to build this entire fucking thing. It's going to take three times as long to figure out what's going on inside that girl's head. I don't know. I'm, I'm lacking a little perspective here.
0: Both games come together as we follow Hojo to the next floor.
1: We wrapped up the floors situation. We're not going to be doing more floor shit.
0: We plumbed the bathroom. Stinkiness. Seriously, what stinks? Yeah. A lot of things stink. Yeah, They, they stink literally, metaphorically, physically, personally sadistically console's name stinks
1: yes <laughs> it's a combination of a word i won't say and incel <laughs> two two very infor- unfortunate words see you
0: next unsoul Thanks for listening, everybody. This episode has been a production of Gunblade, guys. That's us, Tyler and Nate. Now, we didn't get as far as we thought we would. We thought we would get, uh, we would begin next episode with Ojo's lab because there's a lot to
1: unpack, a lot to unpack. A big fucking landmine that threatens to destroy the podcast entirely if we don't figure it out together. It's literally Meteor
0: (laughs) and it's going to be a Meteor episode. (laughs)
1: ha. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Oh god, that you oh deserved
1: goodness. the Ed McMahon laugh right there.
0: Ha <laughs> ha! Think about liking us, subscribing to us, five starring us, writing a review about us, and telling a fellow game liker about us as well. Join the conversation with fellow fans of the show on Discord. Catch us on Twitch and YouTube under the name Gunblade Guys, and find a link to our Discord server in our podcast description paragraph. Think about tipping us with a link you can find in that description as well. And don't said gunbladeguys at gmail Parentheses, but you really can if you if you do. But we're not gonna. We'll we'll look at it. But but you know we'll. But we're 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 memeing about it throughout this season. So you gotta bear with us. Close parentheses.
1: If you want to find out if the recent Tomb Raider one through three remaster game is any good, go to our YouTube channel and take a look. I left a Nice little review there for you, and by little I mean it's thirty-five minutes. So yeah, yeah. Also, I I sent you um a link in uh our chat as a reminder. There's a point somewhere in the there's a point somewhere in the podcast where you say time to get serious, and all I can hear is Mega Man's voice from Mega Man X Four when he gets low health, and he goes time to get serious.
0: Time to get serious. Never played X4. What? I never. I never played X4. I Stopped Wha- at X3.
1: What? What? Wha? Tyler, am I not getting serious? You're not getting serious. The best ones, the top three,
0: are one, two, and four. I I can agree that uh, three is not in the top three.
1: If it wasn't for just one or two bad stages, I would put eight in the running as well, because it can be at moments quite fun. But, yeah. Hmm. You need to play Mega Man X4, dude. Do you have the collection? Probably, yes. Alright, get on it. Okay. Homework assignment. Homework assignment.
0: We're nearing the end, and Rebirth is coming out in less than 10 days, and it is clouding. It It is casting a pall over this a pall of distraction over this podcast in a way that this podcast has not seen before and will probably never see again. Yes. it's a very interesting time to be reporting on the Final Fantasy 7 uh, remake
1: verse right now. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. But, and, and just the other games too. It's, it's a confluence. Do whatever the hell you want with this shit. Um, i was doing the final fantasy demo today and i realized mm-hmm. like when i'm playing my console people are just looking at the side of my face because it's so far in another direction of the room that I'm like, not mm-hmm. even looking anywhere near my camera. So I'm now thinking two camera setup. What is What does that, what does that look like for my life to have a two camera setup? And I'm looking at,
0: you tell me, man, I'm looking
1: at a Elgato face cam, true full HD webcam for live streaming. My thing is I bought this like $60, um, Logitech webcam or I think it was even 40 bucks. if if I'm being honest and like it's nice but I look fuzzy as hell like it is not it gets a job done but it's not like HD video at all and it's like do I want to upgrade to something more legit I don't know is it, it would a better camera mean that my like Zelda light in the background doesn't just look like a blaring sun who knows so Something to think about. And the whole time, me and my wife were just like instinctively looking at each other and being like, "Uh, are we moving to Charlotte now? Are we going to move here? Because it was so nice. It was like, it was everything I liked about home with none of the weather or or cold. Like, I'm just walking around in a t-shirt. But like, we were downtown just having a blast. And it was like, it was filled with people, but everybody just like it was like a, a spirit of of homeness to it like nothing no crazy people no weird people just everybody everybody enjoying themselves and like walking around with toddlers it, it was me and my friend he has two kids and then obviously my kid and it's like there wasn't a single second where i was like oh i i don't feel completely comfortable just walking the streets with my three-year-old so um uh, hmm. yeah definitely um definitely a big difference from some of the places we have lived here on the east coast so that was very interesting almost like a serendipitous moment that like in several cases my wife and I didn't even need to talk to each other we just were like oh yeah yeah we're we're both feeling that's right now as we explored the town and went around and did things went to parks went to like naturey woodsy areas too to have the kids play went to some malls and everything it's like it's got it all it's great great all right i got your your big ass document open uh yeah it's it's a it's a lot dude it's 20 to 22 pages just think about that no it almost made me think like okay wait do we actually need to cover this now so i don't know i think both you're going to be on a little bit of a delay i heard but i think we're going to have to have a conversation of like what are we going to do about this are we going to do like a one-off episode after we just both slam it or are we going to take a step back and do this thing i think there's a serious conversation to be had about that we'll see
0: all right i didn't think you were sweet on that a few i one or two months ago i remember hearing you say no, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna tear through it. I, uh, I'm not gonna.
1: Well, I am going to do that. Pace through it. I am going to do that. But do uh-huh. we circle back and re-tear through it again right after? Maybe we'll need to. Maybe, Maybe it's so Maybe. juicy. What I will say though is, I don't even just seeing what I saw from the demos here. I don't know that it'll really behoove us to do the the dual coverage. If we did do rebirth, I, I'm feeling enough detachment at this point that it's just it's doing so many new things it, and 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 not saying that in a spoilerly way like even just minutes into these demos like in a really good way you're going to the same places and you're looking at the same locations or whatever but there's so much like added spice to every corner that it's like this is just it, it's just new right you know Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, okay, so this isn't a spoiler, but the demo area is Junon, right? We all know that exists. It's not a spoiler to say that, that we will be visiting this area. And it's like in the in the OG7, it's just a world map. You run from one location to the next, you get a random battle. So, but it's like here, it's a whole open world playground. So it, it's almost like we're going to be doing coverage and like there's just going to be huge swaths of like there is no game here in OG like we could do several episodes without even touching OG so I don't know how uh, that'll play out um, it'd almost be like OG will be an afterthought and we'll just like it's like a cliff notes kind of thing to just tack on at the end or something but anyway all right, we can think about that sure
0: going back to the dick pulling game uh, sorry <laughs> I should say and he's gaslighting her provoking her by talking about her mother as if she were a rablat. A rab <laughs> <laughs> Second here.
1: We're both a little dyslexic. Oh my god. You need to just have a deeper pour next time. Hello? Website?
0: Hello? Internet?
1: Do you want me to rephrase that in a like podcast-appropriate way?
0: Um, I don't okay. care. <laughs> it doesn't bother me that I would be corrected. We can keep it in. Okay. Let's just keep her right. moving. Let's just keep her
1: moving. Right. Right. And I don't know how that how you feel about that when I like send you texts of like, yeah, I haven't finished my section yet. I don't know if we can record tonight. And then I tell you I just spent 10 minutes, 15 minutes kicking chairs around. But it is what it is. <laughs>